0: Yes. Another live stream. And this time it's kind of from a different genre. I mean, oftentimes I'm talking to bona fide people who you think of as leaders and writing about leadership. And and, uh, seldom do I go into the world of sports to um, bring someone to you who I think. So so I'm in Tampa these days. Right. I lived in the Tampa market and I've been a Tampa Bay Buccaneers season ticket holder for quite some time now. And uh, I know we're supposedly have the goat here, right? Like we're supposedly have the greatest of all time uh, here. I think you're gonna meet one of the greatest human beings who's played football of all time today. I've known him for an incredible period of time and he's just been so gracious and he's always been committed to helping people learn how to make a difference in the world, a lot around student athletes. Um, Certainly his story of grit and determination, his ups and downs in his professional career His pivot after uh, having the limelight of being a professional football player or ring of famer for the Denver Broncos uh, is worthy of our time and our conversation. I am extremely honored to share with you somebody who I actually call a friend, Carl. He may not call me a friend, but
1: Carl. Hey, buddy. (laughs) Yeah, no. Of course. You're uh, not only a friend, but a mentor in the speaking business. It's it's a... uh, it's an interesting business. Uh, you're you're not so much on a team, uh, and and it's great to have people uh, that that care about you and that uh, are are have have your best best interests in mind. uh, Uh, And and you have been that
0: person. I think your team spirit has been in an industry that is very isolative. You've been one of those people who've kind of understood that we, nobody gets here alone. Like no, no one's an island, right? It takes, it takes. Let's talk about you and your, uh, you know, I, I think because you were so successful in the NFL, it just seems intuitive that you were this hot shot coming out of University of Minnesota, highly
1: recruited, high pick at <laughs> the draft. That was uh, not me, Joseph, you know that. I was a JV player as a junior in high school. I didn't even make the varsity team until my senior year. Uh, I went to a little uh, division two school, Augustana College in Sioux Falls, South Dakota on a, on a uh, one third scholarship. Uh, which they took away after two years. So I left and I, and I walked on at the University of Minnesota. Uh, I was the 310th pick of the draft, 20 guys away from Mr. Irrelevant. <laughs> I, was, I was definitely not the guy that, uh, that was the height, weight, 40-time guy. I was the team guy. I was the i will do whatever you ask me to do guy, playing special teams. Actually, at one point, they had me playing all seven defensive front positions, sometimes in one game. Um, moving me around all the time, uh, I was I was up for anything. Uh, j- just let me try to tackle the guy with the ball. Well,
0: you know, and seven positions has kind of come back to haunt you in the sense of the the NFL Hall of Fame. I think that you've been nominated many a time. Your stats are so freaking confusing. They're not like a position stat player. I can't compare you to a defensive end or a
1: linebacker,
0: right? You're you're all a okay. bag of chips. Yeah, complexity.
1: That's true. That's true. Um, I think if you just look at my stats, you say, well, he's not a hall of fame guy. You know, how, how can we put him ahead of somebody who had, you know, a third more tackles or a third more interceptions or a third more sacks, but I did all, of them. uh, and, and, and I don't think anyone's ever done that. Uh, I don't know that that's necessarily, uh, a reflection on me. Uh, I think it's a reflection on our team. Uh, our coach understood that, uh, that he could confuse other teams by moving us around. And, and, and uh, we had to have everybody on the team understand at least two different positions. And that's a tough thing. You get tra- trying to understand one position in the NFL and prepare for one position is difficult. But, but to ask everybody on the defensive front seven to, to know two positions because one of us is moving all over the place, was that was a tough thing. We just had the right group of guys and the right coach.
0: And a willingness to not just be a single role player, right, but to really be a generalist based on the team need, which is a key lesson for leadership in life, right? I mean, seldom sure. you get to just assume one slot and play that slot the whole time in the context of, of business or life, for that matter.
1: Yeah, I agree. The uh, As a defensive lineman, uh, which is where I started, uh, you're uh, – Looking at the ball on a penetrating defense, and as soon as that thing moves, you go upfield, and 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 your focus is real, real tight. That's all you see. That's all you worry about. Uh, if it's a reading defense, you look at the nose of the guy lined up across from you, and and you read the direction he's going, and you move that direction. You step with that foot, and you go you go forward. You don't ever go backwards or sideways. And uh, as a linebacker, all of a sudden you're standing up. You got to move every every way, side to side, backwards, forwards. Uh, and you got to see the whole field at once cuz this guy's staring at the ball and you got to tell him if anything changes and i think it's a it's a real reflection of of uh, a movement within an organization from a frontline position to a to a leadership position where all of a sudden you're concerned about everybody around you and you and you, and you have to know what their assignments are and what they're doing anyway and 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 help them out uh, so i look at the great leaders as people who can identify what the strengths are on their team and use the strengths of the individuals to help, to help the team, uh, figure out what the weaknesses are of the individuals and use the strengths of the team to cover for those weaknesses.
0: So let's, let's go back to just the numbers game here. Like you barely sneak of above the radar in terms of the draft, right? But then if we look at the numbers at the backside of your career, I I, I don't know, I'm guessing 20 people at most are in the ring of fame. Maybe there's a couple more or less. Uh the ring of fame that surrounds the stadium for the Broncos. Uh, uh, One of those names is Carl Mecklenburg. And every time somebody new comes along, all of you all show up and kind of celebrate the new entrance into this very exclusive club from all the players who've ever played the game. And these are the Floyd Littles of the world. You know, These are really remarkable human beings and athletes. So tell me what it's like to have not only snuck above the radar on the draft, but then to be one of the few you can actually experience when you look around the stadium.
1: Yeah, you know, um, I, I, I didn't go into it thinking that was, that was going to be my, uh, my legacy, uh, but I was going to work hard every day. I was going to um, understand what my assignments were, what was expected of me, and, 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 and try to fulfill those things. Uh, I don't think greatness is something that, uh, that you do uh, in a lifetime. I think it's something that you do every single day. Um, so, so that, that dedication, that oh, hold on, uh, hold on. That's that's
0: like a moment. I got to frame this one in my little brain. So it's not something you do in a lifetime. It's something you do every day. So what you're saying is that you're not determined to be great based on a reflection back period across your life. You have to earn it every day.
1: Right. It's one of those things that, uh, when it's over, you can look and say, okay, I did this, I did that. I did that. I, you know, whatever, but, but when it's happening, you're you're just trying to make the next play. You're just you're just trying to get healthy for the next game. You're you're trying to understand, you know, okay, this team always runs to the wide side of the field, so coach is going to always line me up at, either as a line lineman or as a linebacker on the wide side of the field, and I have to be aware that, you know, this formation means this, and if it's third down, they're going to do this, and well, you know, it, it's 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 uh, it, it's 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 a blur when it's happening um it's uh, it's it's uh the ability to prepare well and then be decisive and react when it's time to react um it's not uh you know i gotta i gotta make these many plays to make sure i make the pro bowl this year it's it's, it's, it's you're just hanging on man. It's, it's, so, it's,
0: so let's talk about some of the the ups and downs of your career on on the football field and then i want to talk about the pivot after. Uh, being, uh, you know, this pro bowler, um, I, you know, to me, one of the things about this whole sport is you try to make it to the Super Bowl. Like that's the the whole thing. And then you, then the, then you win the Super Bowl and and you have reached the pinnacle that most athletes who play professional football do not have. Talk to me about your journeys to the Super Bowl and the outcomes.
1: Yeah. Um, first of all, that's, that's a, uh, uh, very accurate thought that uh for the good teams the whole deal is to go to the super bowl when i first got to the denver broncos the broncos were owned by a guy named edgar kaiser edgar kaiser was a financier out of canada um i don't think if i'd have passed him on the street uh he'd have known that i was one of his players he he was never around he it was an investment for him uh our our Cornerstones. Are our our uh, purpose as a team was to make Edgar Kaiser money. It wasn't to win the Super Bowl. Uh, Pat Boland bought the team uh, my second year there, and and owned it for the the other the eleven more years that I played for the Broncos. And, and our cornerstones were were there and they were obvious. They were clear and they were consistent. There was we're 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 here to win the Super Bowl, and we're here to uh, to serve the community. That's what, that's what our job was. That was you know, the ultimate uh, thing that we were doing. Um, and, and it was clear and it was consistent and, and, and we were able to accomplish uh, a lot. We, I mean, I think we had um, two losing seasons out of 12 when I played. I played in three Super Bowls. We didn't win any of them, but we set the tone and kind of uh, kind of moved the team forward to where they were able to win three after I was done. Um and really uh, that leadership. I just got to jump
0: in there. I mean, what was that like? I mean, you're in three Super Bowls, three losses. Some of them were not pretty losses. Uh, all, all, all of them. <laughs> not pretty. There's no the straight pretty losses. Those were I've hard been my whole life. I've got I've got a Peyton Manning uh, helmet sign back here. Uh, <laughs> you go. you, know, you got to remember those days uh, and uh, you know some of the John Elway victory days. So you were in the Super Bowls, you know, in Super Bowls with John Elway, right? I mean, one of those. Sure.
1: Yeah. 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 John, John was a rookie the same year I was. He was the first pick. I was the 310th pick. <laughs> what
0: did they get that wrong? I'm just saying, you know, what, what were they thinking Some kid out of Stanford? Uh, yeah. did he go to The Colts first and then he went. No. Yeah.
1: He was drafted by the Colts. Um, John's father was a, uh, a head coach in the, in the Pac-10 and uh, the head coach at, uh, at the Colts at the time was also a guy from the Pac-10 and, and John's dad's like, you don't want to play for that guy. Uh, he's telling me to play baseball, play him to do whatever, but get, get traded, figure out a way out of there. Uh, so, so that's what happened. What an experience. You know, we could talk about that at some point the John Elway days and just the
0: big, you know, dealing with a John Elway or a John Wayne or a, you know, a figure that's just larger than life, uh, uh, but, but one of the things that, that I, I really want to get beyond is that, you know, obviously you had this amazing success. It was a transformational time for the team, but you never got to that rung. You got so close. And then I've been avoiding
1: like, this question every time you ask. It. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right. gonna, I know what you're getting at. We <laughs> have got a total of 45 minutes. and only got 30 more chances at the question. All right. Uh, yeah. No, you know, what the the fact of the matter is each game, well, there was a different reason we lost it. Um I, I don't think any of them we went into, uh, as, as the, uh, as the favorite where people were expecting us to win the game. Uh, that doesn't matter. Uh, we, we expected to win those games. Uh, you know, there, there was, uh, you know, we got out coached one time, we got out, out just totally outplayed by the 49 ers They were just a dominant team. Um, and then, and then, uh, we, we had some, some individual breakdowns in games where, I mean, one of them we had a guy that was so high on cocaine that he had no idea where he was and what he was doing. And, and the coaches couldn't figure it out. So they didn't take him out and he was just messing up. Uh, yeah. so there there was, there was always a, you know, there's always a reason. you a lose. Yeah. 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 Well, I guess
0: so what I'm, I'm most focused on, it really isn't why you lost. I mean, that really wasn't where I was going. I was kind of going, what is it like to be so close to this pinnacle and actually experiencing something that most, players don't get to do anyway, which is being a Super Bowl, let alone three of them, right? Right. Uh, Never to finish that out, like never to have that final, you know, the ascent of the mountain. It's like you get up to the saddle of the peak and then you go, okay, we got to go back
1: down now. Um, Yeah, Joseph, it's it's interesting. Um, I, I would have liked to experience a win. But I, I've talked to guys who, who have won. Obviously, I know a, num- a number of guys who won uh, that I played with, uh, you know, just a couple of years later. Um, and they were really surprised that, that a week later uh, guys were getting traded. Uh, people were going in for surgery. Uh, the, the next season was starting and, and it was over and it was done. And, yeah, they, they got a ring a couple of weeks later, a month later. But it was all about the next year. And, and it was no different from losing where it's the, you know, it's it's you, you you play 16 games a year, or 17 or 18 or depending on how far you get in the playoffs. And then then you lose uh, or you win that last game and the season's over and 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 it's done. And it's a whole new group of guys. The average career in the NFL is three years. Uh it's always new guys coming, and your your and your job is threatened, and you're, you know, you, you got different coaches coming and going, and it's it's uh, it, it, I I I felt like I I really missed something by not winning the Super Bowl, but then I talked to the guys who did, and it was amazing how many times they said that there was that letdown a couple of weeks later when all of a sudden they realized oh. We're, we're, we're all metaphor, metaphor metaphor like everybody else, right? I mean,
0: this is such a metaphor for life, though, right? I mean, when you realize what you think is the ultimate goal, sometimes it, it rings hollow when you finally get there. Or maybe it's not the destination as much as it's the journey. And you were on the journey for a long time, and just feeling like you're making progress in your life is, and, and beating the odds. There's so many wonderful things, and yet, you know there are people will continue to focus on but you never won a super bowl and yet my gosh what you've accomplished i want to really focus on the pivot afterwards because you could have been a sports announcer, you could have done all kinds of things. And yet somehow you assessed your own personality strengths and you kind of knew you wanted to make a difference in a different kind of way. And you got into this weird thing called professional speaking. And and a lot of celebrities, and God knows, you know, I've been doing this a long time. I've shared the stage with some pretty remarkable celebrities, but there isn't much there there. It's like just a bunch of green room stories and no Message, right? You, I think, passionately are a guy who's gritty and a leadership dude, and it it comes off every single time you talk. I mean, I'm just like going, "Wow, yeah, yeah." So, tell me a little bit about those decisions and that pivot point for you.
1: Well, my dad's a, my dad's an obstetrician, and and obstetricians. Uh, when they're waiting for the baby to be born they stand around and tell stories <laughs> so so i'm a storyteller i, I grew up around that i, I enjoy it uh and, and i and i really think it's a great way to communicate uh and relate to crowds and and and, and allow people to kind of get a feeling for um who who you are and and how how your story uh as as someone in an audience someone in business someone uh, you know in an association uh, how how your story relates to my story, uh, over to me, success is overcoming obstacles on the way to your dreams. That's what it is. It's a, it's a challenge. And whether you're in, in football, whether you're in, uh, in education, whether you're in, uh, you know, uh, construction, uh, anything finance, I, I, I speak to about 40 organizations a year, um, all around the country, I, I love it. I get to perform, and I never get hurt. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a great job. So it's 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 a lot of fun. Um, and, and the stories—some of them are funny, some of them are are, uh, are difficult—but um, they all are leading in the same direction. Uh, once again, success is overcoming obstacles. You're going to run into challenges. Uh, when well,
0: than a guy who shouldn't be playing in the NFL by, you know, probably many calculations from a lot of people. Right. And then you not only do it, but you, you do it. I think, I think you're the, like the journeyman's, uh, you know, favorite in many ways. Right. This guy who just worked hard, that, that really was your, your ethic.
1: Yeah. I think, I think the, the one thing, Joseph, that made me, football player that i was uh it wasn't my height weight 40 time any of that stuff although i got very strong because i could work at that and that's something anybody can do um was being decisive decisiveness uh is uh, a huge thing not only as a football player but but as a business person as as a as a family man as a as a member of a community if you can take the first step in the right direction before anybody else does all the angles change in your favor and it doesn't matter if you're the smartest guy or the fastest guy or the strongest guy if you can take that first step in the right direction and and, and own that piece and 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 take it on uh, you're going to have a chance to be successful so for me it was all about decisiveness and if you can the, the question is, how do you, how do you, how are you decisive? Well, for me, it's, it's preparation. It's going into every day with an understanding of who you're going to meet, how you can help them, how you can make a difference in their lives, how you can make a difference in their business, how you can help them uh, in any way you can. Then when those opportunities come up, that's when you can be decisive. But you, you have to already have thought about it. So it's, I get up every morning. I do a little Bible study. I think about who I'm going to meet that day, what, what opportunities I'm going to have to make an impact. And then when those chances come, I'm ready. And then I go. I love I love, my- I love the angle
0: thing, you know, because I can see it in the context of football. You know, you just really if you make the right decision quickly enough, you can see what's happening and which angle to take. Uh, right now, uh, people are struggling to figure out what angle to take. I mean, if there's ever been a time that people should reach out to you to kind of think about decisiveness, grittiness, you know, this this ability to overcome obstacles. I don't know that leaders have ever faced the magnitude of obstacles that they're facing today yeah. and even in your business you, you know you've had some obstacles you know just in the context of being a speaker and you've kind of done some re-angling to create much more of a virtual offering and getting certified by e-speakers as a virtual speaker you've done the hard work to get the best angle on how to deliver content right now uh, for people that will make a difference for them if they're not having large meetings in big arenas
1: yeah, I agree. I agree, Joseph. I when when this thing came and 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 all my uh, clients with uh, personal, you know, face to face meetings were were canceling or postponing or rescheduling or doing all the stuff that everybody had to do. I was I was thinking I was feeling sorry for myself. I was like, well, I, I've never been in this situation before. And then I, and then I thought about it, and and I have been in this situation before. I've had eighteen football related surgeries. Um, Ten on my knees, uh, you know. I've i I've, I've been the guy in the in the training room, um, trying to trying to rehab, trying to trying to walk. Um, and everybody else is out on the field, going through practice, getting ready for for the season. And and I'm I'm just trying to walk, right? Um, and and what I did was I I did what I could do. I, I took I took that opportunity to uh, to be a leader in the training room. Um, to make connections across the team that that I didn't have and, and were kind of unusual because in on a, on a professional football team, just like any organization, uh, the old people hang out with the old people, the the young people hang out with the young people, the black people hang out with the black people, the white people hang out with the white, what, you know, the offense hangs out with the offense, the defense, there, there's all these little groups. And, and to be a leader, you have to be able to cross those lines. Um, so I took advantage of at uh, that time to help cross those lines and be a leader in the in the training room and it, and it, when it, when I was able to recover and come back and, and play again I had those connections I had that understanding of who those people were they trusted me I trusted them and I could be the leader that uh, that I should have been so so I think I think now is a time uh to look at what you can do there I mean obviously you can't do anything about the lockdown. I mean, you, you're not in charge of that. <laughs> Somebody else is in charge of that. It, it, but you can do things. You can make you make make a difference in your in your customers' lives by uh, by working with them. Make it make a difference in your teammates' lives by working with them. Uh, do, do whatever you can to to make a difference
0: hey Carl to so just kind of point out how you're you know not uh, pigeonholed into being an NFL player uh this is a comment from someone from the Netherlands where I don't think they play the same kind of football <laughs> as you yeah um, I think this is the reaction that you know and, and thank you Vasca, by the way for for sharing your comments we welcome any comments for Carl um but I think this is what the audience members tend to say after they've listened to you know, you know if they if they were from Denver or if they were from Minnesota, it's inherently you know like old home week emotional to see you right like that's a special kind of he's part of our tribe thing, but but even if you're from the Netherlands and you listen to the kind of content that you provide, it really is that reaction like great wisdom. I I needed to hear that. I need to be inspired. I need some tools to get my focus right as to how to manage the adversity like we've not ever seen in our lifetimes. I mean, I love the multiple surgery story. I don't love that you had multiple surgeries, but I think, <laughs> you know, it's that notion that, you know, you, you just get up off the map and the next thing you know, you've got another injury and you're, you know, your surgeon is on speed dial, right? I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy. What you went. Yeah. through.
1: Yeah, it, it is. Um, but everybody goes through challenges like once again success is overcoming obstacles and it doesn't have to be a surgery or it doesn't have to be a pandemic uh you know things happen people you know uh people uh move on uh, situations change you know cl- clients uh all of a sudden get a cheap better deal somewhere else and and you're best client ever is, is now off in a different direction. And you got to, you got to change. I mean, once again, uh, success is overcoming obstacles on the way to your dreams. Uh, ha- have a, have a, a real strong understanding of what your dreams are of, of what your, what's your passion, what direction you're going. Um, and, 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 uh, you know, be honest and forgiving with yourself, look at yourself and say, okay, I'm here. Uh, I want, I want to get there. How do I do that? I set some short-term, reasonable, specific goals and move in that direction. I look at a, at a, at a desire, a passion, a mission as something that's uh, long-term, general, and, and somewhat extravagant. I mean, for me, it was I'm going to be the greatest football player that ever played the game. Nobody believed that except me. <laughs> I mean, no. uh, but but I, I knew that where I, 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 I was honest with myself about where I was. Uh, I did everything I could to, to move in that direction every day. And once again, that greatness thing is not something that uh, that, that is, is uh, looked at in my mind that you should look at as, as something that's out of reach. It's something that's in reach as long as you're getting better every day. Uh, so, so when I
0: first perfect. met you, um, uh, we probably were in NSA together in Colorado, I'm guessing, when we probably had our first interaction. But I know that in the context of meeting you, it was early on when you were working on this. Uh, a book called The Heart of a Student-Athlete. I remember reading drafts of this um, and just really going, oh, Carl, this has got to get out there. I'm so excited that you're writing this because it was a lot of stories from your own uh, student-athlete time and maybe even before that, even some stories of you hunting with your dad, if I remember correctly, which yeah. has been a tradition I think that's gone on long beyond your, your youth. But, but it was really quite a, a lovely commitment to trying to help young people understand many of the things you're talking about now uh and and really caring about the the development of leadership inside of of kids who are out there playing sports but really beyond sports so talk to me a little bit about what you hope to accomplish with this book and how it's done for you i know people can buy it on your website they can buy it on amazon but Tell me a little bit about your thinking behind this book and how this fits into your dreams or helping others meet theirs.
1: Yeah. Well, when I when when I first uh, got to NSA uh, and ran into people like you, everybody's like, where's your book? <laughs> what, what do you mean? Where's my book? Uh, and then and then it occurred to me, oh, I need I need to I need to write a book. What should I write a book about? What, what do I know? Uh, obviously, I know football football. Um, the people were interested in my story, and and I really felt like I could make an impact. Everybody's got uh, a nephew who plays soccer, or, uh, you know. It's, somehow they're connected to sport. Um, they, they 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 know when they watch a football game uh, on television which team is playing like a team and which team isn't playing like a team. Um, it's it it's pretty obvious. Uh, and, and, and I think most people can interpret that. So so, how do, how do I relate that to their lives? Well, in, in my mind, uh, if you can identify who's playing like a team in a professional uh, sporting event or in a college sporting event, any sporting event, um, you should be able to understand whether you're a good teammate or not. Uh, can you can 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 you take those lessons, take that understanding, and apply it to yourself? Can you apply it to your family? Can you apply it to your community? Can you apply it to your business? Am, am, am I a good teammate? Uh, are, are are we going to win because of, of of what I'm able to to bring forward? So so that was really the idea behind it. Um, I think there are great lessons to be learned from sport, e- even pop warner uh, football Wee sports uh I, you know, I grew up playing hockey there's a, there's a story about hockey in there there's there's all kinds of different uh different stories and the way i look at a at a speech or at a book is is you got to come at Come at a main uh, idea from a lot of different angles. Uh, I, I look at it as as like a river, uh, where you have a, a, a cool creek running into it that's coming out of the mountains. You got a swamp over here that's draining into it, coming coming from a different direction, and, and different types of stories with uh, with different type of tones and, and 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 lessons that all come together to get you towards that. Uh, towards that main river, moving, moving downstream. So that, that's, Man, you really sound like a
0: Minnesota boy there. I'm telling you, I like uh, you know, kind of bringing the, the and water, kind of enough water, water, water in. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, We had a lot of water coming <laughs> into the uh, tip. Let me, let me kind of walk this through a little bit. I, I think that, that part of what you do as your stagecraft, which is, I think people don't realize how much craft there is to this art of speaking. Great. Right? You you obviously have instant credibility. You have celebrity, you have reputation, you the credibility obviously born out of your own life experiences. But you know, a lot of people have all that, but they're not really great speakers. And frankly, unfortunately, many celebrity speakers over rely on the celebrity and under rely on the content. Uh, and certainly some of them. Just do the you know the rubber chicken circuit, uh, and they are able to get you know a bunch of speeches in, but they really aren't caring about the impact. They don't understand how to make themselves better in that space. They were great in sport or they were great in entertainment, but they're not so great on the stage. Trying to affect people's lives, trying to get them to 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 move forward with for their dreams or to to fight through their obstacles. Right, so. Sure. Tell me about that whole building of your craft of a speaker, because your impact is huge. It's huge. It is the stream. That's funny. It's the stream of poignance. It's the stream of, of stories that, give us access to something that many of us fantasize about. Right. Except we don't want to have the surgeries. Uh, (laughs) Tell me a little bit about how you pulled those threads together and how you really just became an impactful speaker, because you're 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 a CSP, which means you're a certified speaking professional. Uh, You certainly have gotten the recognition of our profession as someone who needs to be held to a higher level uh, of respect based on what you've done for audiences. So, you know, how did you why, why work so dang hard as a speaker? You know, just glide the. the you
1: know, why would you do something without wanting to be the best? That that that's been um, I think I think my my approach for a long time. I I I want to if if I'm gonna if I'm gonna get up in front of a group I I know truthfully that I'm not gonna tell people things that they don't already know. That that I I am not I'm not uh, you know Mr. Super Deep Thinker, but what I am is is I'm somebody who can uh, who can put forward a concept that that you already understand, but maybe you're just not acting on, and 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 make it make it urgent, make it make it seem like you know what this is this this actually relates to my life. I I, I don't know how many times I've had people uh, you know. Communicate with me after I get done speaking that, you know, I'm not a football fan. I, I, I don't I, 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 I haven't watched a pro football game for five years. But what you said made a lot of sense. And, and I'm going to take those concepts and 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 bring them home, uh, you know, work day to day in the, in the way you described and, and, and make a difference in my family's life, in my community's uh, life, in, in my business's life. And and, and to me that, that that's a Super Bowl win. I mean, just just getting a letter like that. I, I I want to make an impact in people's life. If I'm gonna take the time and, and and work as hard as I've i worked at this uh, at this job, I, I want to win. I, I want to I want to make a difference, and and that to me that's winning. It's not it's not the paycheck. It's not the it's not the uh, you know I get to travel to go to Banff or go to you know. So were you in
0: South Africa and they yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, you've been in some of the exotic lands we get to travel to, and so yeah, I uh, we used to get to travel to those good old days, yeah, 2019. Day. Uh, anyway, so let let me let me kind of t- take this a slightly different direction. I mean, you are available to speak, but there's got to be a part of of you that thinks, you know, I, I played football in you know a long time ago. I mean, do people really? still have you top of mind, you know? uh, How is it that you continue to stay relevant when much of your glory is nostalgic? And I don't mean that in any negative way to you, because I know the impact you bring to the table. But I mean, there are people who are gonna say, how do you market yourself when your greatest days, the thing that you're most known for, is drifting farther into memory?
1: Yeah. My, my son uh, was bragging me up to one of his buddies who's, uh, who hadn't heard of me. Uh, he, uh, my son's a lawyer, um, and, and, and this, is, this is a guy from, from out, of, out of state. And uh, so he went online to look, look me up, and he, and he couldn't find any football video of me, but he found a lot of speaking video of me, and I was so happy. <laughs> like, I'm a speaker now. I'm not just a football player. So, so to me, that, that, uh, that's not a problem. Um, you know, people still recognize some of the name dropping names I'll drop every night, you know, I'll, I'll talk about John Elway and I'll talk about Peyton Manning. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I got to talk about Tom. I, you know, I, I try to keep up. <laughs> I'm, I'm usually talking about the older guys, but at least guys that most people would remember. Uh, but it, football is an interesting sport and, and, and such a, um, such a mental sport. And I I don't think people understand that they look at it and they think about their pop Warner days and it was just, you know, banging against each other and there was really no plan. But if you take a professional football game and, and time it from snap to whistle and and leave all the other stuff out. So it's just actual action. It's less than 10 minutes over three hours. It's less than 10 minutes of actual action. And, and, and one player, you know, I played defense. I played all these different positions, but I only played defense. So that's five minutes of effort over over a three hour span. Uh, You know that's why big fat guys can do it.
0: (laughs) You know what? I got an idea, Carl. You just sparked an idea. Let's (laughs) cut out all that rest of the stuff and just do speed football. Let's create a new concept here. (laughs)
1: Yeah. So Uh, so I don't
0: know that much of a burst of action. So there's really kind of micro segments that are being executed you know, very precisely. And, and I, I think of someone like you as a, a true thinker, you know, it was a combination of your athleticism, but it was also your intellect that allowed you to anticipate and plan and do some of the things that you talk about, in a from a leadership perspective, right? I mean, it was engaging the fullness of your brain along with the fullness of your body as you would throw yourself at people.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, if, if you don't know what you're doing, it doesn't matter how big or fast or strong you are. You you don't have a chance to play in the NFL. All right, right. so it's, let's make
0: sure have to get a hold of you uh, because you are available to do virtual presentations. I, I always think right now these virtual presentations, you know, there's a kind of a conflicted perspective. I mean, should we be paying? To have somebody, you know, on a screen, uh, you know, there's so many people on screens all the time. As if, you know, why should I pay someone? Again, I think it, it's a lot of difference between maybe popcorn or football and the uh, NFL. Uh, the same is true with a lot of the free content that's just accessible uh, that has minimal impact. They don't understand the dynamics that are needed to make. This medium work. They've kind of got glazed over people who have had so many Zoom meetings, they start to dream in Zoom, you know. So it, it it's something different to engage an audience in this format. And and you've certainly crafted that out of necessity after crafting stagecraft. Now your screencraft, I guess is what we should call it.
1: Sure. Yeah. Um the it's, it's a, it's a, it's a different approach. You've got, you've got to, uh, you've got to understand that the, 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 the people um, have actually, when, when, when you're in a, in a, on a, in a theater and everybody's sitting there and you can see them and they can see you. And I mean, everybody knows that you're not, you're not going to get up and walk out unless it, you know, somebody says something totally ridiculous, but you know, in a, in a, in a Zoom situation, uh, you know, you're in your home and the doorbell rings. What you know, you, get, you get, or the the phone rings and it's you're waiting for a call from your from your mother, your wife, whatever. And you know, things happen. So it, from a from, I think it's more difficult to 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 present on Zoom than it is in, in on a stage, in my mind anyway. Maybe it's because I haven't done as much of it, but but I also think there are. Um, like anything else, if you practice it and you work at it and, and you get the right equipment, you know, if you plug into the Internet instead of just doing it on the Wi-Fi. And if you, I mean, it, there, there's just there's just stuff that. Uh, yeah. And frankly, you know, uh, uh, to do.
0: upping our game on this virtual thing, uh, even if we were doing it before the pandemic, it's now such a staple of what people do. But but I think you're right. The equipment makes a huge difference. Not having the feedback is different. And you just have to learn the art of kind of communicating a message and just seeing your audience, even though you can't. I uh right. fortunate I worked in Colorado Springs in radio for a decade, right? So we never saw the audience, right. <laughs> they never saw us. This is why they kept tuning in all the time. Had to see us. It would have been a whole different thing. Hey, I, radio. I That's a whole radio, right? CarlMecklenburg.com, right? That's sure. the thing. They can see some of your videos there. They could grab your book there they can get assigned jersey from you there there's so many cool things to go to your website i encourage people to visit carlmecklenburg.com watch some of his video clips think about hey is this church organization that could really use a a meaningful spiritual person who happens to be a former you know pro bowler Um, and or maybe my my business needs it you know i need to get my team together and kind of give them something that's really inspirational but tactical on how they can help us move through these incredible times. So.
1: I think I think one of the one of the things that we haven't hit on is is the fact that I'm going to I'm going to personalize it. I'm going to tailor it. There's so many there's so many um, celebrity types that come in and and they've got their 42 minutes of word for word doesn't matter who the audience is. I'm I'm going to talk with you and use your language, use uh, talk about your challenges, talk about your uh, your successes and, 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 uh, I think relate maybe to the, to, to the team better than, than you would expect from a, celebrity types. And I can vouch
0: for that. Where do I put my hand up? I can vouch for that. I I can, let me just tell you a quick side story before we go into the the rapid round. I followed a guy once. It was just one of those years where I kept following the same celebrity. It just seemed like I was we were yoked somehow. And after about the third time of following him, I said, it's minute 32. I know what he's going to say. Like, I know he's going to have this phrase about to come up and sure enough, there it was. It was like just a, he could have just take the tape from the first two and showed it. It would have been there was nothing yeah. different about it. It was smooth. Don't get me wrong, smooth, but right. so heartless, so soulless, not connecting. And anyway, uh, that's not Carl. That that's a totally different. Breed of cat. All right, here we are in the final segment of this. Uh, so, Carl, I did warn you. Normally, I don't warn people. I must like you or something. I warned you. There's going to be just a bunch of stuff pop up, and uh, or I'm going to ask you certain phrases, and I just want your reaction to it in uh, about four minutes. We're going to get through a few of these. Okay, uh, okay. what's your reaction to that? I'm sorry, I didn't understand the question. I said, "What is your reaction to what you see on?" Oh
1: show? yeah, that's a young, young, young guy. Nice cut, a nice uh, haircut, nice smile, but uh, no, that was a long time ago. What does it feel like to hit somebody like that? Feels good. Uh, <laughs> uh, my, my on my your haircut, end or his? Feels no, feels good to me. My 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 dad. Uh, uh, was late to my first game ever, and and he comes up to me as a ten year old child, and and uh, puts his arm around me as I'm on the sidelines. Already, I'm already done playing. He said, he asked me, Carl, what what do you think about football? And my my response as a ten year old child was, Dad, I really love to smash guys. <laughs> so I was a linebacker. That's, <laughs> that's who this, I was.
0: This dad, who you know, is what an obstetrician you said. And, oh and, and, yeah,
1: a kind, generous guy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, what did I bring into the world? <laughs> I like to walk up to uh, something like this on the outside of a, a football stadium, knowing that you played a long time ago, but there's still lots of lasting impact that you have.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Those, uh, the, those things are cool. Uh, it reminds me of uh, star Wars when the guy got frozen in the, uh, in the kryptonite or whatever it was that he got frozen in but yeah that that that's uh that's a, a real honor to be mentioned as a as a hall of famer ring of Famer for the for the Broncos and and uh, yeah that, that's pretty This cool. is a very
0: personal question. The next one is very personal to me, Carl. Am I kind of creepy to have this on my wall <laughs> in my home?
1: No, I think that's cool. Thank you. That's that's All there's right. there's nothing more uh honoring to an ex-player than to than to have their jersey and, and wear their number proudly or have their number and their pictures up in your home. So it's a little worried that I was going to need <laughs> a jersey, so I'm really glad that that's not the case. All right,
0: let's take all this stuff off. Uh, how about Kathy? What, if I just bring that word up, what does that
1: mean? Wow, Kath, Kathy's my girl. Kath, Kathy and I started dating when we were 15. Uh, we got married my first year out here as a as a Bronco. Uh, she has been uh, the heart and soul of, of my life for for as long as I can remember. Um, I was we were just talking about how difficult it would be to to be in a in a in a bad relationship during this pandemic and have to be stuck in the house with somebody you didn't like, let alone the person you love. <laughs> Yeah, so, let me, let me just add to that. wonderful over the years. You
0: and I have talked a lot about our kids, the ups, the downs. We've been really candid. I mean, it's, kids are not a straight line thing for any of us, but um, just talk to me just generally about your kids and what it means to be a dad. Uh, because we all know you're this big hotshot celebrity type of uh, football player, but. But I know that probably in context to Kathy, but also in context to your kids, the way you define yourself is much broader than speaker, virtual speaker uh, or football player. Uh, yeah. Invest in your children.
1: Yeah. My, I'm a father. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a I'm a family member. I'm a community member. Um, my uh, I'm proud of my kids, my my oldest, like I said, is a lawyer. He was he was my hippie kid. He, he was in the band, and he, he was and yeah, and, uh, he, he got his degree in in uh, in uh, world music, <laughs> right? Not a lot of. Those jobs are the moments sure. you and I are probably going. I, I, we might have been having coffee going. <laughs>
0: What was that again, Carl? Can you explain <laughs>
1: World, Yeah, world music. Uh, but uh, he, he got up to a point in his life where he's like, I don't want to live like this anymore. He went to law school. He was first in his class at CU. He was uh, worked for the uh, Supreme Court uh, Chief Justice here in Colorado. He, I mean, unbelievable um, success as a, as a lawyer. <laughs> It's like myth creative phenomenon. Yeah, yeah, and and Kelsey Kelsey is amazing. Kelsey got her degree in three D animation, uh, uh, but uh, now actually she works for the University of Virginia um, as a data analyst. Um, she she took a lot of she dropped out of high school, uh, but but I think it was because she was bored. She got her GED, went to uh, went to uh, art school, uh, and then did all kinds of. On home, at home, online training, and trained herself as a data analyst, and now she works for the University of Virginia Medical School as a data analyst. And I mean, she she's, <laughs> she's gonna rule the world. You and I are gonna be purple. <laughs> Right. Hey,
0: thank you, Carl, for being a part of this today. CarlMecklenburg.com uh, is a place to go to find out more. Go please check out his site and check out what's there. And, you know, I think right now I feel like a, a musician, to fellow musicians, right, where they're trying to say, look, there are a lot of people with incredible talent who, by no fault of their own, the circumstances have changed the trajectory of their careers. Please support one another in that front. Let me tell you about some of the folks who are coming to us soon. Upcoming in the space uh, is Martin Lindstrom, who is just an, he's one of my gurus. He wrote biology, B-U-Y-ology. He is the king of sensory information and how to market through a sensory perspective. John Spence, a good buddy who wrote Awesomely Simple, um, really tries to help us think about our lives by simplification and reduction as opposed to addition. Chester Elton, who wrote The Carrot Principle, a really incredible book, and then a variety of other books, including his latest work, which really emphasizes the importance of gratitude. Um, And with that, I will just simply say I could not be more grateful to uh, Carl Mecklenburg, who joined us today. Uh, And with that, I'll uh, wish you the best. If you happen to forward this to someone, by the way, I will send a copy of the Airbnb Way to you. If you see, you know, you think you can pass this on to somebody who might be interested in learning more about Carl or getting in some inspiration from that tenacity and the ability to overcome obstacles in the direction of your dreams. If you want to share this with somebody, just drop us a note saying, Hey, I, I uh, shared it on Facebook, I shared it on YouTube, I shared it on LinkedIn. And when you do that, we will send you a copy of the uh, Airbnb way. We'll just get some contact information from you, but let us know that you did it. And then we'll make sure that we uh, pass that along to you. Once again, my gratitude to uh, Carl for his kindness of his time today. And I wish you nothing but greatness as we visit again together next week.